Hello and welcome to Red Couch Conversations with me. And I'm Dr. D. This is a safe place to have a conversation. So I want you to come in and sit down and have a seat next to me. You will leave each episode with regained self-confidence and motivation. We are no longer just existing, but we are going to live and thrive. Stay tuned. Welcome back for season two. This is Dr. D. I am so glad that you guys decided to come back and join me to hear what God has given me to share with the body of Christ and the body of believers. Listen, I've been saying this for the last past couple of weeks as I minister on Wednesdays and Saturday mornings on uh, Dr. Danielle Watson Ministries page on Facebook about our mindset and how the enemy is doing any and everything that he can do to affect our mindset. And when the enemy affects our mindsets, he affects how we see ourselves, how we see our situations and how we view God. And what he wants to do is to keep you discouraged and and make you think that you're not walking in victory. But I come to serve notice on the devil on today. You are victorious and God wants all of us to have victorious living. So I'm oftentimes, I like to say, repeat after me and say to yourself, I want you to say to yourself, I am victorious and I will have a healthy, victorious prosperous life. This is what God has desired for us. And this is how God has designed it for us. Uh, I, sometimes people want to think that their trials and the tribulations that they go through uh, are not, they make some not victorious. But I want to tell you, despite your trials and despite your situations, you are victorious. You must understand your circumstances do not define you and your problem do not define you. You are victorious because God said you're victorious. It is about time we start believing who we are in God. That's why I'm always reading the word of God. It tells me I am the head and not the tail. I am the lender and not the borrower. I don't care what it looks like. I know that I'm living in a life of victory. We are all walking in victory. If you read the book of Psalms or the division of Psalms, you would see a lot of times David wrote Psalms where he felt like he was not um, winning. He felt like he was losing. He felt like he was never going to make it. But then if you find out and you keep on reading, you know that David always began to encourage himself in the Lord and knowing that God would give him victory. And we have to take on that same mindset and that same feeling no matter what we're going through and no matter what we're doing to know that God is right there with us and we are victorious. Welcome back. I'm so glad that you guys came, decided to come back and uh, have a conversation with me on today. Um, we've in season two, we've been talking about having a victorious life and with having a victorious life in order to have victory, you got to know who you have in victory over. All right. So today we're going to talk about knowing who your enemy is. You cannot defeat an enemy that you do not know who he, who, who he is, what it is, whatever, but you have to know your enemy. Um, when I think about this, 
uh, as I was studying the word of God, for those that like football, um, if you notice that sometimes during off season, the coaches will have the players come in and they'll watch the tapes of how other teams played in the prior season. And the reason why they watch the tapes and um, to see what they're doing is to study their opponent, opponent so that they're able to win and they're able to have victory. Why don't we do the same thing? You got to know who the enemy is, how the enemy is going to come and why the enemy is going to come that way. When you know who you're dealing with, you have a greater chance of having victory. The more informed you are, the better you are to be victorious. This is why it is very important to read the word of God and pray and study and meditate so that God can show you and can teach you the way. And this is why it's also important that you work together with your local assembly to, to come together to learn, to embrace God, and not only to embrace God, to use the tactics that he has given us to defeat an enemy. Um, do you remember like when you first got saved, when I first got saved, I had so much joy. I was like, Oh, I felt that peace. This was a new breath of fresh air. Oh man. I just felt this new life. But even with feeling that way, I felt good, but there was an enemy that was lurking behind because he did not want me to be in this place of joy. He did not want me to be in this place of peace. He did not want me to be in this place of happiness. So what the enemy will do, he will try to do anything and everything that he can do to get you to go back to your original state, to get you to go back to your place of unbelief, to get you to go back to where you, you start doubting God. But we're not going to do this. We're walking in victory. And if we're going to walk in victory, we've got to know the word of God. In Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 12, the Apostle Paul tells us why sometimes we lose joy after we first um, repent and ask God to come in and save us and when we first accept salvation. He tells us why this feeling doesn't stay with us always. He tells us that as believers that we are at war. Yes, the day you decided I'm going to lay down uh, the things of the world, I'm going to deny my flesh and I'm going to pick up my cross and follow uh, Christ. That is the day you became at war with the enemy. The enemy is not going to war with somebody that he already has. He's just going to use them on another level to complete his plan of destruction. Um, but once you make a decision and you make a choice that you're going to follow God, God, you are in fact at war with the enemy and you have to know that the enemy is powerful or people call him the devil. Some people call him Satan, whoever you, whatever you want to call him, just know that the enemy has come to attack you. Yes, I'm saved, but I experience attacks. Yes, I worship God every single day, but I experience a tech. Yes, I give God everything that I've got, but yet I still experience a text. Why? Warfare is a part of the makeup. You have to know that it is the goal of Satan to destroy our walk with Christ. 
He wants to destroy our testimony. He wants to destroy our witness. He does not want us going around and telling people of the goodness of God. He does not want us out here doing the great commission. He does not want us going forth. So the enemy will do any and everything he can do to hamper us, to keep us from moving forward. The scripture tells us that he is full of tactics and wiles of the enemy that will try to keep you from serving the Lord. The Bible also tells us that he's like a roaring lion going to and fro seeking whom he may devour. Even if you read uh, in Job, when Job was having a conversations with the son of man, talking about the angels, when he was having a conversation with the angels, Satan showed up and he said, and then he began to say, have you considered my servant Job? Um, so you have to know that the enemy is always going to and fro. The enemy is always seeking to destroy you, to get you off focus, to get you distracted. But this is what you have to know. And this is what you have to realize. You cannot be distracted and you still have the victory in spite of what the enemy says, in spite of what the enemy might do, you still have the victory. And if you are a believer, and I believe all of you that are listening are believers, it is wise to understand how to stand firm against the enemy and use the spiritual weapons that God has given us. The Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. So yes, you have to use your spiritual weapons in order to defeat the enemy. You cannot use your spiritual weapons of getting nasty, yelling. You can't use guns. You can't use knives, but you have to use the spiritual weapons that the Bible tells us about. All right. You have to understand that our enemy falls into three categories, the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm going to say it again. We have three enemies that we are combating. We're combating the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now the word world in the New Testament is the Greek word cosmos, and it speaks of the evil world system apart from God. And Satan uses the world system to attack and influence the believer. Yes, he, the enemy is using any way he can to attack the believer, the world systems, the cosmos and the world systems. He'll use that what to again, class to attack influence. I know sometimes I forget I'm not in the classroom, but this is just what I do. So humor me on today. We're going to be a class this afternoon. So yes, he will use the world systems to attack us. And then you have to know that the enemy is cunning and he is crafty. I call it spiritual seduction and with seduction, it is slow. It gets you, it appeal to your senses. And over time, the enemy done snatched you out of the place where God has placed you. The enemy has snatched you out from having the victory that God has promised you. Do not allow the enemy to seduce you out of the place or out of the will of God. He'll use the world systems. If you look, if you watch TV, they're using subtle things to uh, send a message through the TVs. This is why we got to be careful what we allow in our ear gates, not only us, but our children. This is how the enemy is coming in and taking over the minds of our children through these devices because they're glued to them. They're watching them. And if you're not monitoring what your child is watching, these seducing spirits are working 
their way through to influence how our children will act, what our children would do, not only them, but us too. So we have to know that the enemy will use the world system to try to seduce you out of following the will of God. And then when we look at the flesh, Oh yes, the second enemy of the believer is the flesh. And this term is not talking about our physical bodies, but instead our sinful nature. Yes, I'm talking about our sinful nature, the things that we want to do to what please the, the please the flesh. And you got to have the Holy Spirit down on the inside of you. If you want to walk in victory, you want to know why? Because whatever your weakness is, the enemy is going to use that to try to lure you away. If my weakness was having, uh, um, a bunch of having a lot of relationships with different men, the enemy will use that to lure me away. Do not allow the enemy to use your weakness to lure you away. But what you have to do is take whatever place of vulnerability that you're in and you got to place it under the blood. This is why we have to allow the Holy spirit to come into our lives, to overtake us, to uplift us. We need the Holy spirit. I want you to say it with me. God, I need you. God, I need your Holy spirit. God, I need your word. Come on. We're going to say it again. God, I need you. God, I need your Holy spirit and God, I need your word. We need all these things in order to defeat the enemy that wants to war against our flesh. And then we will get to war against our flesh. Then we will war against one another. You think that the enemy is, um, mad when we are against one another. No, absolutely not. The enemy is glad that you're at odds with one another, with another person. The enemy is glad for division because when you, he divides you, he can get you off to the other self. He can get the other person off to themselves and get what he can talk to both of your minds. And then you're what again, further away from what God has called you to do. We have got to stop giving the enemy the power and use the power ourselves that God has given us to defeat this enemy. Tell somebody I'm going to use the power that God has given me. I'm going to use the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit. I tell people all the time is not something to to just make you dance on Sunday morning, but the Holy spirit will tell you when to be quiet. The Holy spirit will tell you when to go. The Holy spirit will tell you when to stay still. But the thing is, is as believers, if we want victory, we cannot override that, which the Holy spirit say, tell somebody, tell yourself, I cannot ride override the Holy spirit. Why? Because we have a choice. The gospel is a decisive gospel and we have a choice on what we're going to do. We have a choice, whether we're going to follow God or we're going to yield to our, our flesh. You have got to make a decision. And then the third category is the devil himself. The world is our enemy and the flesh is our enemy, but the devil is behind all three. And he uses both the world and the flesh to attack us. I'm going to say it again because I don't think everybody in the class heard me. The enemy will use the world and our flesh to attack us, to get us out of the will of God, to get us out of character and to keep us from doing everything that God has called us to do. He wants to keep you from having the victory. Let me tell you something. The enemy knows that he only has a short time. The enemy knows that God is going to give you the victory. The enemy knows that God is going 
going to bring you out. So what he do is he can't take your blessing, but he will cause things to happen for you to get give up so that you don't get to your blessing. But I want to tell you, you will not be delayed in this season. Oh yes, I feel God strongly. You will not be delayed in this season because you are now aware of what the enemy is trying to do and you will walk in victory. Tell somebody I am walking in victory. That's why the Bible says I am the head and not the tail. I am the lender and not the baller. I am walking in victory. I will not always be in the place that I am now, but I will walk in victory. I am walking in victory. And you have to know, you have to know this. The enemy cannot rob you of your salvation. He wants to make you think that he can. He wants to make you think that he can take it all. But the enemy will not and cannot rob you of your salvation. The thing is, we have got to stop giving our power over to the enemy. When we take a deeper look at Ephesians 6 and 10, um, you would know that um, this particular chapter is divided into two sections, okay? Um, when you look at chapters 1 through 3, um, it talks about the doctrine. And when you look at chapters 4 through 6, it talks about um, the duty. And you have to understand that, number one, in Ephesians, there are two major themes in Ephesians, uh, the wealth of the believer and the walk of the believer, Again, there are two major themes when you come about it into Ephesians is the wealth of the believer and the walk of a, the believer. In Ephesians 6, Paul represents um, a new theme to us and he talks about the warfare of the believer. Can we read Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 12 real quick? Because I want everybody to know it. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we got to know um, that Paul is telling us uh, about the spiritual warfare that we'll experience. Where we where will we experience these types of spiritual warfare in our marriage and our family and at, at work? These are some of the most favorite places that the enemy likes to attack. You have to know when you're doing the will of God, the enemy likes to attack those that are closest to you and those that are most vulnerable for him to get to. If he can get through to your children, he's going to use your children as an attack. If he can get through through your spouse, he's going to use your spouse as an attack. If he can get through through your job, the place where you um, go to earn money, he's going to do whatever he can to attack you. And if he can't get you there, then he loves to try to attack your body. But you have to know that um, we will still have the victory in spite of what the enemy might try to do. So what do we see when we look at warfare you number one the spiritual warfare that we're talked about in ephesians like i said you need to know who your enemy is and we need to put on the arm armor of god and we need to stand in the strength of god how do i stand in the strength of god how would, how do i stand in the wiles of god like i said you got to know your enemy you know what sometimes too to truly know your enemy, you have to learn about him. Um, but I want to warn you 
um, that when it comes to know the devil, there's a dangerous mistakes that Christians always make too. Number one, we place too much emphasis on the devil. There are some things that the devil do. And then there's some things that we do. The devil's not involved in all of our decisions that we make. Can I make this clear? The devil is not involved in every decision that we make. Uh, some stuff we make a decision and we didn't consult God about, and then we get mad. We, we don't have the victory because and then you want to blame it on the devil. No, that was not him. And then you cannot, number two, you cannot deny that Satan does not exist. So again, you can't place too much emphasis on him. And then you can't deny that he does not exist because let me tell you, he does exist. The word devil means slanderer in the Greek, while the word Satan means adversary or opposer. So you might hear though he's a, a slanderer. He likes to slander names. And then you got to, I've also heard him called the, the adversary or the accuser of the brethren. You know, um, we, you look at the book of Job, you'll see the devil is a slanderer and an accuser because when Satan comes before the Lord, he wants to slander Job. You got to know that the enemy wants to slander you and the enemy wants to take you out. Okay. Now let's look at the personality of Satan. The Bible teaches us that the devil is a real person and he possesses intellect. Stop thinking that the devil is ignorant. He's not. I want you to read these scriptures. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse three, it talks about, he has emotions read revelations 12 and 17. He has a will. Second Timothy chapter two and verse 26. And throughout the Bible, personal pronouns are used of him. All right. So I want you to read these things and you have to know that Satan's origin, what is Satan's origin class? That's right. He fell from heaven. All right. He fell from heaven because what initially he was full of wisdom and perfect in his beauty, but sin was found in Satan resulting in him to be kicked out of heaven because why he wants to be the ruler. He wants all power. He wants to be in control of everything. Okay. So no, and he could not Isaiah 14, uh, chapter 14 teaches us that the sin found in Satan's heart was a heart of pride. Oh yes. Pride. You got to go back and listen to season one to learn how to break free of this, uh, the, uh, prison of pride. Yes. He wanted pride to come in. Satan wanted to, own, um, he wanted to put himself up higher above God. He wanted to be exalted above God's throne. Thus Satan was what rejected and, um, God's word and he rejected him and he was stubborn and he became rebellious and therefore he got taken out. And you have to know that not only was he rebellious, he took other angelic, uh, angels with him. Um, and we don't know exactly how many angels there, there were that he took, took with him, but the scripture tells us is about one third of the angels followed Satan. The good news is that the good angels outnumber the number of demonic spirits beings three to one. So you still going to have the victory because God's whatever the word of God uh, tells us. I got more for you than against you. And you know what? That is a reason to get joy and to praise God because you got to know that what, that God has more for you than against you. I want you to say this to yourself right now, that God has more for me than against me. I can tell you that when you're in the middle of the storm and you going through, you feel like you're by yourself. 
That's the job of the enemy. You feel like you're isolated. That's the job of the enemy. He makes you feel like, well, where's your God at now? Well, I thought you was doing all this praising. I thought you was doing all this worshiping. Where's the God at now? Where's the God you serve now? But let me tell you something. God is still there. He's still sitting on the throne. The Bible tells me if I make my bed in hell, there he will be also. So God never leaves us. He's always there. Okay. So I want to let you know, you are not by yourself. What you've got to do is drown out what Satan is telling you so that you can move forward in victory. Um, I said this earlier, but first Peter five and eight says Satan walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Um, he, he, and he's also likened to a dragon in the book of revelation. So that speaks of his power. When you think of the power of a lion and the power of a dragon, they have power. Satan is powerful and behind much of the weakness, wickedness in our world. The Bible, the Bible tells us how Satan will enter in. If you look when Jesus was sitting at the table and he had told him one of you will betray me. Um, when, after he said the one that, that eats the bread that I did, um, and Judas ate it, then the Bible says, and now Satan entered him. Yes, this is what happened. You can be close to Jesus. You can be close to God, but if you're vulnerable and you're not in a strong relationship with God and not just showing up, see, when you just show up, you leave a loophole for the enemy to come in to use you, but you can't just show up. You got to be there. You got to be aware. You got to be all in not leaving any wiggle room for the enemy to come in, not leaving any wiggle room for the enemy to take over. But you got to know that he's there. You do not want to be the one that Satan comes in to use. Okay. But although Satan has power, he's not all powerful. He's not omnipotent. The only person that we know to be omnipotent is God. Satan is not everywhere at once. The only person that we know to be everywhere at once is God. He is omnipresent. You have to know that Satan is not all knowing, huh? omnipotent. God is on omnipotent. Satan does not know everything. The thing is, is he uses deceit to make you think that he knows everything. He uses deceit and trickery to try to tell you that you won't have the victory. That try to tell you this illness will kill you. They will try to tell you there's not life after brokenness. They will try to tell you you will never be healed from the trauma. I come to tell you that that voice is a lie. You have the victory. You got to get up and take responsibility for your own healing. Do not wait for somebody to come to you to bring you healing get up and go after your own healing it's not about anybody else it's about you it's about you having the victory it's about you overcoming it's about you getting help i do not want any of my brothers or sisters to be lost out here i don't i don't want you to Okay. When we look at the word wiles in Ephesians chapter six and 12, it means craftiness, strategy, strengths, um, schemes or devices. Yes. The enemy is crafty. Yes. He has schemes and yes, he has devices. So be aware of these things while the devil is not omnipotent. He's intelligent. All right. He's been challenging and he's been crafting his skill for a long time. So he knows how to do it, when to do it and how to get over on people. Okay. But the Bible does not want us to be ignorant of the Satan's schemes. 
All right. The Bible does not want us to do that. So what he try to does with how the enemy likes to attack, he likes to do to be subtle. If he can't use the front door, he going to go through the back door. Wherever place he can get a door in, that's the way he's going to come. If he can't get to the front door, if he can't get to the back door, that joker will come through a chimney. That joker will come through a window. That joker will come through a crack in the wall. Only thing he needs is an opening. I've got to tell you, don't give the enemy an opening. If you're a new believer, don't wait around for a Satan attack. Then you'll become paranoid. No, don't do that. Be ready. Put on the whole armor of God. I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready to fight this good fight of faith. Not with our hands. Hmm? We're not going to use our hands. No, we're not going to use our hands. But what? We're going to use the whole armor of God. What is the whole armor of God? I want to talk about the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God is the belt of truth. All right. Uh, The breastplate of righteousness. The sandals of peace. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. This is how we can defeat the enemy. And don't talk yourself out of it. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4 and 13, where the apostle Paul continues to tell us, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. Yes, you, ma'am, sir, boy, girl, whoever, you can do all things through Christ that strengthened you. The Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, there have no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will be with the temptation and also make a way. So God always has a way of escape. You do not got to fall into the temptation. You do. You don't got to do that. You, he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. You know, God will not put more on you than you can bear. Now there's sometimes it feels like it, but God will not put more on you than you can bear. Remember, we fight from victory to victory. We don't fight for victory. We go from but victory to victory. From victory victory to victory. And how we go from victory to victory is by keeping on the armor of God and using the strength and the power that God has given us. And then to pray always. And bowing in God before humble submission when we're praying. Then we're able to stand against Satan. Wow. How do we stand against Satan? By staying humble at the feet of Jesus. By putting on the armor of God. That's all we can do is God's job to supply the power. Stop looking to other places for the power source. But plug into God. And he will give you the power that you need for the enemy. You got to remember Jesus already won the war. We got these little battles. So we fight for from victory. We're not fighting for it because Jesus already has victory. So we fight from a place of already having victory. We fight from a place from not we're not defeated. We already have the victory because Christ has already won. Now would our battles come in and sometimes beat us up? Yeah, they will. But guess what? This because you lose the battle don't mean you're gonna win the war. You're gonna lose the war. The war's already been won. We gotta fight this good fight of faith. You're standing in victory. You're standing in what God has for you. You're standing in everything that God has for you. And the enemy wants to stop you from completing your God-given assignment. But no, not today. You have the victory. Satan was defeated by the cross and the resurrection of Christ. He's running loose for his time. He's running loose for his time. But he's going to have his day too. Yes, 
he has his day too. So you already have victory. Again, you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from a place of victory because Jesus already has the victory. He already has the victory. So remember that as we go through this season and we begin to hear the different testimonies of those that are going to come in, that we already had the victory. Don't allow anything the enemy do to cause you to get off track, to get out of place. That's what he wants to do. The enemy wants to get you out of place. I'm telling you, don't allow the enemy to do it. Up next is Dear Dr. D, a letter from one of her listeners. Stay tuned. All right, we have a letter from one of our listeners, um, and it asks the questions, Dear Dr. D, how can I achieve victory even though I feel like I'm constantly in a cycle of defeat? Well, um, to my listener, I'm not sure who you are, but I just want you to know and remind you that we all live a triumphant life in Christ. Um, I talked about earlier in the podcast about knowing your enemy. The enemy will want to use everything he can to try to talk to you and make you feel that you are not victorious. But I just want to tell you that you do have the victory and that you all you already are victorious. I just want you to believe it. Um, I believe the best way to conquer a feeling where you feel like nothing's ever working is begin to check number one, your prayer life, what's going on with your prayer life with God. I'm not saying that you have a prayer life, but is your prayer life, everything that you needed to be this. And number two, are you fasting? Does God want you to add some fasting into your prayer life? Um, the Bible said that some things come by fasting and praying. And another thing too, I want you to realize is yes, you do have the victory. Even if God does not show up right when you want him to, um, there's an old song they used to sing in the church when I was growing up, he may not come with you when you want him, And then he'll be there always on time. Another thing too, I kind of went through, uh, this myself where I thought I was never winning. I thought I never had the victory. I just felt like I was going through a miracle round. Every time I look, there was a no, there was a slam door. And I just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. Well, as I begin to grow in Christ, I begin to give God praise for the no that I received. Why? Cause I found out God has something better and God has something greater. So I want you to flip how you feel as though you're viewing defeat. And that's what helped me to keep on moving. Because if not, the enemy will use those moments when you feel like, you know, what's the use? What's the point? And want to make you to give up. But no, that's not an option because you are triumphant through God. You have to know that the key to achieving victory is having faith in Christ. So you got to have enough faith in God that he will never leave you nor forsake you. You got to have enough faith in God to know that if he's going to feed the birds in the air, and the fish in the sea and the squirrels and all the little bugs. Do you think they worry about what they're going to eat the next day? No, they know it's going to be provided for them. This is the same way we have to do. We have to um, have our faith in God and knowing that he is going to give us the victory over everything. Um, the Bible also tells us too that God gave victory to all of us. Not some of us, but all of us. Okay. So that we can overcome the world. 
okay, so that we can overcome. We're overcomer. Everyone who was born of God and we were all reborn, you're an overcomer. So stop thinking that you don't have the victory. You do have the victory. You do. And, be, and you know why you have the victory? Because Jesus has the victory. And when Jesus has the victory, he imparts that victory into us. He included us with him to share in that victory over everything, the flesh, over the temptations. We have the victory because we know who we belong to. You know who you belong to. So don't allow um, the enemy to make you think that you're never going to win. That's his job. Okay. You do have the victory. Hold on and have faith and trust God. I invite you into some of my prayer meetings um, that I have live on Facebook every Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Um, and every Saturday at 8 a.m. that we can pray together with you because you're not by yourself, okay? And you already have the victory. God is working out a plan for you. Know that, that God is working out a plan for you. I'm going to say it again because I want you to be encouraged. God is working out a plan for you. And Jesus already won the supreme victory. And because he won the supreme victory, I now have faith in him that he gives me victory. I have victory over my enemies. I have victory over my circumstance. I have victory. And then with knowing that you have this victory, it gives you a mindset of peace. Okay, go in peace and know that God is with you and he's never left you. And we love you here at Dr. Danielle Watson Ministries. Thank you for tuning into Red Couch Conversations with Dr. D. It is our sincere prayer that this episode pushed you to continue to thrive in this journey called life. Before we leave, let's have a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you for this conversation that we were able to have before you on today. I'm asking that you would continue to keep us wrapped in your love and in your peace, that we might grow stronger in you and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye for now.